At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way, with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Snow White. This is Series 1, Episode 107, In Search of Steelhead Mojo on the Great Lakes. This podcast is brought to you by Speedwell Law. Are you a resident of Virginia and thinking about retiring in the next five years? Do you have your will in order? Speedwell Law offers flat-rate estate planning packages that include the most important documents to ensure you and your family receive the care and support you need from people you love and trust. Call Misha Gill with Speedwell Law, 703-553-2577 to get started. If you're a federal employee, give Speedwell Law a call to book a consultation in December and receive $100 off. Speedwell Law, S-P-E-E-D, W-E-L-L-L-A-W dot com. Let's get on the road now. Good morning. Today is November 3rd, 2017. I am near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Headed up to the Salmon River for a couple of days of R&R and swinging 
some flies for steelhead. It's Friday, and the big issue this week has been the water levels. There was a massive rainstorm that came from the west that met up with a tropical storm or depression named, I don't remember, Sebastian or Javier or something that had formed off the coast of Belize, went over Florida, and then up the Gulf Stream along the East Coast. And we in D.C. missed it. We had massive rains to our west, massive rains to our east, but last Sunday it was supposed to be two to three inches of rain, and it was just windy. The rains came overnight. We got probably an inch, but that storm kind of the east and west collided and went straight north and went over most of New York. The river had been at 350 cubic feet per second. Once the water came, they had a release from the dam because the Salmon River is a tailwater and they released at 2,000 cubic feet per second. I've been nervously watching every couple of hours the water level on River Boss, and it dropped about a thousand feet, and then steadied out, dropped another. So now I guess it was at four thousand. Now it's at two thousand. It's supposed to be at sixteen hundred, but it's still a little higher. And I am hoping they are just draining all of that water out to make room for future rainstorms. Additionally, they just want to get it out so they could lower it for the weekend anglers. Mind you, we also have daylight savings time tomorrow. So when we get up super early on uh, Sunday morning, we will have lost one hour of sleep. Spring forward, fall backward. That means we gain an hour of sleep. Oh, all right. There's There's a police car. Sitting there, nobody on Waze had put that out there, so I'm going to throw that on Waze while I'm driving and talking. So the water levels have been a a big issue, a little concerning to us. We thought maybe we would go and do the Erie Tribs, but with only four to five days worth of planning, not knowing where to go, the river levels, sleeping arrangements, distances etc. We decided we're going to hope that the water levels drop tonight, maybe down to 700. The benefit of the massive runoff and open gates on the dam means that lots of steelhead, browns, and any remaining salmon can enter the river at ease and migrate up unmolested. So having water up now for five straight days, we're hoping that the river has a lot of steelhead distributed evenly. I'm not sure where we're going to fish over the next several days. I did not bring the drift boat. I'm trying to sell my car when we get back. This is the last road trip with the Honda. So I don't want to put any additional wear and tear on the boat. And if they drop the boat or the water levels down, to a significant amount lower than the boat won't really work up there. I don't like rowing and drifting over rocks in my stealth craft. 
the other issue besides the water is my black nubby fly box. I have a black box that has about 30 to 40 slots per side that is absolutely chock full of buggers, small streamers, nymphs, egg patterns, sucker spawns, crystal meths, and the like. And I can't find it. I've searched the car. I've torn apart the house, my office, the crawl space, the carport. I've looked all through the laundry room. Absolutely nothing. So I spent the last couple of days, I didn't have clients, one canceled on me. So I've been restocking with my typical flies, soft hackle flashback, pheasant tails, sucker spawns, eggs, crystal meth, blood dots, some jumbo johns, a couple of worms, just the stuff that I mentioned if you listen to the last Steelhead podcast from the TU chapter from October. I've got enough intruders. I think I'm okay with those. And I spent the last couple of days just organizing and packing. I'm missing a bunch of swivels, missing some split shot, and I'm missing one spool of 2X fluorocarbon. I think I've got everything else organized and ready to go. I should be arriving today around 3 p.m. I'm going to go into Whitaker's. I did have the cable on my BOA's break, which was a first, and that's just a brand new issue. I learned with my patch kit that it's very easy to replace them, except I missed one step thinking I was done, and I cut the wire to wrap it inside the dial. Once I realized I made the mistake, I couldn't re-thread it through a small hole because the edges of the wires were frayed. So I used some heavy beetle-on, and that lasted at least one guide trip. And I filled out the information on Corker's website to get a replacement kit through warranty. It hasn't arrived yet. So I'm going to roll into Whitaker's and check on what I can get there. I'm going to head to Dirty Bill's, see if he wants to fish this afternoon. I know he's got a guide trip tomorrow. So Jason should be meeting me at Dirty Bill's house around 3.30-ish. Tomorrow, Scott and Thomas should be arriving. And then we will stay at the Trestle Pool for Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. They'll head back Tuesday. I'm going to head back Wednesday around 11, get home, unpack, repack, and then head to Columbus, Ohio for a bar mitzvah. And that is about all I've got for now. I am approaching the yellow breaches. If there was a sheets on this side of the road, I would fill up. One benefit of this little car is it does get fantastic mileage. I just put 1100 bucks into it, so I'm hoping to get a little bit of that back when I trade this in versus or slash sell it and I will catch up with you this evening it's uh it's 10 24 in the morning I'm gonna listen to some podcasts and morning edition just have a nice drive it's overcast a little foggy still 
I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's supposed to be 77 back home, and there is a chance of thunderstorms, which is a first for me up on the Salmon River this time of year. I'm hoping this is going to be a fun one. I think I got my steelhead mojo back after last March, and it's going to be fun hanging out with the guys. Should be plenty of laughs and shenanigans, and we will keep you entertained over the next several days with the stories of how our days go. All right, let's get you all caught up with this afternoon's activities. I pulled in just about 3 o'clock to Pulaski. I met Jason, who had just pulled into Whitaker's as well. We went inside. I got the repair kit for my corkers. And then I also got a nice bag of Pink Lady Glowbug yarn. And I decided to go with the one that had the most pink with the almost variegated yellow blended into it. Pink Lady egg yarn down where we are is not even Pink Lady. It's bubblegum pink without much yellow in it. And the consistency between the pinks could be one, could be more maraschino cherry-ish red, and one could be more Pink Lady. Uh, But there's no consistency in it, which is why I like the fly shops up here. They've got a little better selection than most places I get to shop. Came over to Dirty Bill's house, set up our gear, and we headed down to the river. So we fished from maybe 3.30, 3.45 till 5-something. We had the lower fly zone mostly to ourselves. We got in and the water was, was fairly deep. It was definitely up to our waists. If you went too far out, you could feel the water pushing you downstream. If you lifted up a foot, I could definitely notice that the elevated water levels were trying to sweep me off my feet. Jason got into his first steelhead probably within a dozen or so casts, and that was on an intruder I tied up about two to three years ago. It was pink and light blue, but mostly pink, and I was throwing pretty much everything. I rolled in with my nine-foot eight weight with my loop reel, sink tip, whatever leader was on there, and went down and started fishing that, and pretty much it was just fishing around Jason. He hooked up to a second fish, which he lost after a while. The water is high, and it's dark in the late afternoon, and you could not see where the fish were to land them. The net was black. The water was black. You could not see the fly in the water. You could not see the fish, even if it was just under the surface, which made landing the fish extremely difficult. I switched from eggs to sucker spawns to stoneflies to intruders to buggers to worms and back and forth and nothing. And then I caught a tree and broke off my leader. And I went back to shore and our backpacks were pretty much up on the way up on the bank because the water is so high. And I tied myself a nice long leader, put on a pink sucker spawn, crystal meth style, the synthetic. And probably within two minutes, I hooked my first fish. It's amazing how much that old $40 reel could hold up to a fish that big. And I landed a nice buck. We got pictures, and we were freezing by then after being in the deep water all afternoon, two-plus hours waist-deep in 50-degree water. And we were not prepared. We didn't really layer up before we got here. We just put on some basic layers and walked down. Came back here, I tied up some more flies, some more pink sucker spawns, some more red worms, and Dirty Bill made us some lemon pepper chicken, and he did it all fancy style, wrapped up in parchment paper. 
So it was very nice. And then we watched the movie on the fire stick. And I think it's time to go to bed. The water level is going to jump from 2,200 to like 3,200 overnight. So we are going to fish the opposite shore from the cut bank to the deposited bank. And we're going to be up on a beach. That should allow us some room to actually not wade too deep. We can swing flies into the deeper water across from us and hopefully have a little bit of sunshine on us. But it's predicted to rain most of the day. So I am prepared, getting ready to be cold and wet all day tomorrow. Not sure what time Scott and Thomas will be here, but we're expecting them. They've got a map to where to meet us. And we'll fill you all in tomorrow about what happens tomorrow. Good morning. Let me get you caught up with the last couple of hours. It's 11 o'clock now. The water went up overnight. So fishing is a little tough right now. I didn't get the best night's sleep. Dirty Bill's dog woke me up about every five or six minutes just walking and running around the house. And if I was on my right side facing away from the couch, that dog would come up and just lick me or boop me on the nose and... I'm tired. The full moon was setting just about 7 o'clock as we were putting on our layers to come out here. We decided wait till the sun rose, warm up a little bit. There was frost. It was definitely cold last night. My wading boots in the car from yesterday were frozen solid. There's one guy across the river who is hooked to fish. Doesn't really know how to fight a big fish because he's taking them... 60, 70 yards downstream, and they're just pulling all the line off of his reel. Jason hooked one fish on a pink intruder, and I am getting ready to put on a pink, purple, sparkly little intruder myself now. The water again is fast. It's hard to get bottom here. We are under the trees because there's not much shoreline. The water is extremely fast. You can't really step out too far. Scott and Thomas just got here, so we're waiting for them to suit up and roll over. Once they get here, I'm going to take a little break on shore. I made some beef hot pot noodles this morning that were disgusting. They were like gelatinous bandages, and the broth was kind of stinky, and the freeze-dried peas in it were just mealy and gross. The other people that were fishing this spot with a guide... They took off. They complimented me on the smell of my soup. I said I would have offered it to them because it was so disgusting. It's uh, we got a little bit of cloud cover now. The sun's almost overhead. We'll fish this spot for a couple hours. And we're just going to keep our fingers crossed that the water does go down. And we'll go to back to some of our normal spots. Spots we want to fish right now, just not safe. It's too deep, too fast, and too cold. We'll keep you posted. All right. It is 4.48. Looking at my watch, I see the barometer plummeting. Water's still pretty darn high up here. Scott and Thomas showed up, and we fished for maybe an hour or so and decided to switch sides of the river. So the water dropped a couple inches. So we did the hike all the way up and around to the other side of the river where we could find a bridge to cross, and we found that water extremely deep and dark and just wasn't really safe to fish. I think Jason's elbows 
were in the water while he was casting. It shows you how deep we were. We went down to fish a bunch of rocks that were out of the water. And that is where I left the guys about 40 minutes ago. Before I left, I managed to hook at least one steelhead on a pink worm. On the pink spike easy material. And I'm going to tie up a bunch more of those because it worked. Maybe the theme this year is pink. I'm not sure. I'm also going to tie up some sort of mustardy yellow and black stick buggers. Maybe they'll look like stoneflies in the water. We shall see. So I don't know if the guys are catching fish now. I just wanted to go get a couple of cans of Coke, a gallon of water, come back here, shower, organize my things, get ready for tomorrow. I've had no internet, so I'm watching the water. It's currently at 2670 and dropping. The forecast for tonight is rain. And checking the water line, the river is supposed to be 2300 CFS until midnight tonight. If they drop the water, we're going to go back to where it's too deep for us today. If not, we are going to go on a little hike tomorrow and fish what should be hopefully a beach if the water's not too high. Again, we're expecting rain, so hopefully they're just dumping all this water out of the reservoir to make way for maybe fishing tomorrow. I don't know. But it was a little difficult. You couldn't really wade too far. The water's extremely fast. There were a couple of salmon moving through the shallows today. We saw one nice smallmouth bass cruise behind Thomas. Other than that, not much exciting business going on. I got to try out my new Sitka gear jacket. You know, it's November, and I sent my other jacket in uh, nine months ago. Still don't have it back yet, which is a little uh, disappointing, I guess you could say. But my new jacket's pretty darn cool, and I think tomorrow it's going to get to try itself out in some rain. So I'm going to put this down and go watch some more of the Ohio State-Iowa game. And wait for the guys to come back. There's going to be chili in the crock pot tonight. Then we're just going to hang out, chill. Tie some flies and tell some stories. We'll check in with you tomorrow and maybe if the guys had a great day, I'll see what they have been doing while I've been in here. So whoever ordered this weather, screw you. It's, uh, I don't know, probably 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning right now. It is Sunday and we are not even on the Salmon River. We are fishing a tributary. Uh, not far from where we stayed last night at the trestle pool. We sat there and just tied a whole bunch of eggs and worms and buggers and a bunch of popsicle patterns. Assuming we'd be out fishing today with two-handed rods and swinging flies through big water. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. The water jumped to 4,000 CFS overnight. We're under a flash flood watch. It looks like most of the rain went below us last night, but there's a big storm brewing over Erie right now with the warm weather, and I don't know what's going to happen tonight. That's why we are out here on the Trib. It's crystal clear. Can't see much in the water. It's very tan and stained, and I am just slowly drifting a worm through this hole right now. When you have a lot of runoff, worms work well. Yeah, the plan was get up, go park, hike, fish a beach that I've been wanting to hit for a while. 
and that didn't happen. So Dirty Bill suggested we go here. So we got up around 5.30 or 6, I don't know. Just a leisure morning. The guys went and ate breakfast. I hung out, caught up on some news on my phone. And then we started tying some flies, not knowing where we'd fish. And we're out here now. We're going to spend the day. We've got our camping stoves. we got some food. Went and got a can of Coke. Hopefully this wind is not being picked up right now. But this is absolutely beautiful. This dream's maybe 20 to 30 feet wide. It's extremely slow. We could probably do some really good nymphing in here if I have some indicators on me. And I would love to have some bacon flies to rip through this water. I've never really stripped flies for steelhead, but this looks like a good stream as any. And that's it for now. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. About 10 minutes since I last checked in, I'm headed back to the car. This water, to me, just screams skated mouse fly and my bacon fly ripped through it. And as my car usually has a lot of random fishing gear in it, I'm hoping that I've got some circus peanuts, some bacon flies, and some mice in there. It's a shame I had taken out my giant cliff box full of everything before I came up here to make room. When you got meandering S-bends, some riffles, this is more trout fishing water than swinging for steelhead water. And... I might grab some water when I'm back there too. All this walking's making me parched. I mean, look, can you hear this water? I'm on a bridge. There's a cut bank with a sunken tree and dinner plate sized rocks and riffles. Water's extremely clear until you get about two and a half to three feet deep and then it just it turns black. But I know they're in here. It's just a matter of figuring out where and what they're gonna eat. Let's say it's around 1.30. We just drove. Oh, there's a salmon right in front of me. What's the chance I turn this on and a salmon swims by? My goodness. We're further up the tributary right now. And I just actually saw my first uh, fish up here. There's one salmon down below. The fishiest water you can imagine, just nothing in it. It's pretty strange fishing a creek, maybe 15 to 20 feet across in the widest for steelhead it's rainy winds pretty hard we had a little nosh at the car and then came down here i think there's two streams i don't know who's behind me on this one i'm fishing a white woolly bugger with a b-size split shot and it's basically just the only fly i can really see in this dark water it's pretty out here. There's all sorts of maybe birch trees or aspens. You can hear the wind blowing through the hemlocks. There's woodpeckers and there's trees creaking. Other than the fishing's lousy, the scenery's pretty darn cool. There's a well-beaten trail along the water. We figure that fish had come up here because of the heavy rains recently. So Thomas's theory is we're gonna go up and around them and try and get them further upstream. 
like I said, I've only seen that one fish up here so far. I don't really know how to fish steelhead in a stream. I'm fishing them just like I would if I was out on Mossy Creek or the Dream Stream, just ripping streamers through the deep holes and along structure. I don't see any other anglers out here. There are a couple cars in the parking lot. And that's it. I mean, how do steelhead hold in a small creek? Are they out in the open because they're bigger than the birds that would eat them? Do they go for deep dark water because that's where they came from in the Great Lake? A lot of variables here we, we're, we're working on. Trying to figure it out. I'm having fun though, regardless. It's beautiful water. Saw salmon in a creek. You don't get to see that too often. And we got it to ourselves. So I'm having a good day. I'm not going to complain. I'd like to be catching some fish. But don't we all want to be doing that? Now there's something in front of me. I don't know if it's a fish or if that is aquatic vegetation. So I'm going to hang up on you throwing my streamer. All right, Scott, you want to fill us on what's going on right now? Sure thing. We're sitting along one of the tributaries of the Salmon River. We, uh, we fished the salmon yesterday, the uh, lower fly stretch, and the water was flowing at around 2,700 cubic feet per, per second, and we found that to be high but fishable. I think each of us at least, at least touched a fish yesterday in terms of uh, uh, getting hits and, and maybe in fellow hooking some. Uh, nobody brought it into hand, though, I don't think. Woke up this morning hoping for lower flows on the Salmon River, only to find out that overnight they raised the, the flow from 2,700 feet to 4,200 feet, which just made it completely unfishable. So we decided to uh, do some exploring of the area and have fished uh, one of the creeks, Owens. Is Owens Creek? Is that right? Owens? Oh, Owens. We'll go with that to keep it incognito. All right. And uh, it's been tough. We've seen a couple of fish in the tributaries, but uh, I don't think anybody's hooked anything. We're sitting at a little deadfall right now with the tail of a pool, hoping that some fish will go over. I just had a salmon under a cut bank that I was swinging flies at, and no love from that fish. Spooked a relatively large salmon that went downstream. I think you guys may have seen that. Yeah, it went right by Thomas. And now we're just chilling. We're, it's, like, it's like we're waiting for a bus. And when I say bus, I mean a steelhead. It would be pretty cool to see a fish go over this deadfall. Yeah, for sure. It seems like a, seems unlikely at this point, but it would be a, a really cool sight. If the water goes up tomorrow, are we going to do trips again? I think so. All right. Yeah, I don't know that we have a better option. Sounds good. Thomas, what's going on over there? Jason, what's going on back there? Same as you guys. All right. We'll wait it out. Wait for the fish to come to us instead of hunting them down. Now we're moving through here, so might as well sit and wait. It's just like a bus, you know? You miss one, another one's going to come by. And the water is crystal clear. Probably two to three feet in some spots. It's just so steamy when you're moving through the woods hiking. My glasses fogged up. So they're off currently, and I can see the bottom. All right, we'll keep you updated. 
Well, it's early. It's first light. There's a, there's a guy hooked up with the fish next to me, actually. I'm on the river, claiming our spot. It's uh, still about daybreak. Uh, you know what? He was on the bottom. And the water is high. It's very high. It's, it's rushing past us now. What should be a dry beach is about a foot underwater here. We're going to try and fish one of the fly zones today. <laughs> the rain last night was astronomical. It just keeps dumping. And we went up to the waterfall, and it was raging over. There's a lot of water up here. This is very odd. The fish are in here, though. The water's clear. It's just high, and we're trying to find the soft water where they're going to hang out away from these rapids. We tied up big flies last night. Uh, we tied intruders. Scott and Thomas both had their chance at the vice and, and wrapped up some very cool big flies. And we did some worms because of the runoff and a bunch of buggers too. The today's just going to be big swings. Make some long swings through these holes here. Then yesterday, I thought the guys were playing a joke on me that everything smelled like potpourri. And they were all laughing at me all day. And I was nauseous. When we were up in the tributary, I wanted to vomit most of the time. Because for some reason, I stank of Glade plug-in. And I couldn't figure out why. And even Melinda commented that I smelled disgusting. And we finally get back and the rain stops for a bit and I take my car and tear it apart. I can't find I'm sniffing everything. I'm smelling camping gear. I'm smelling clothes, backpacks, rod socks, gloves. And cannot figure out where the smell is coming from. Bring all my gear inside the same. And we end up just watching Deadpool last night, tying flies, hanging out. And this morning, when I'm getting ready, I figure out that it is my yellow lens Costas. And I realized they were sitting on top of one of my tying towers. And there was an open potpourri up there. So they must have brushed against it and soaked it all up. So I finally figured it out. I thought the guys had sprayed me when I wasn't looking. Like there was a kick me sign on my back. But nope, it was uh, a potpourri back home. So I'm not going to wear those glasses today. We're expecting a cold front. Temperature's going to drop by the end of the day into the 20s. Maybe that'll keep more people off the river. It's not crowded up here at all because everybody now can watch water levels before they show up. We thought, I think a lot of people thought this was not going to happen and that we were not going to go to the Erie Tribes because we thought this water would drop down 1,000 feet by now. In fact, it's doubled and it's cray. So I'm gonna put my coffee down, let me go get my rod, and we're gonna swing some fat scatchet heads through big water today. And make some hot soup on the stove, finish our coffees, just have a fun day up here on the water. All right, it's, uh, what time is it now? It's probably still super early. It is 11.50, still early. And about five minutes ago, I was going to catch you all up on 
how slow the fishing has been this morning. The water when we got here, like I said, was really high and it dropped extremely fast. You could actually watch the water receding. And we now have a nice gravelly beach. Gears out on that. There's a pop-up chair. And I've been swinging everything I have. Intruders, worms, eggs, sucker spawns, crystal meth, buggers, you name it. Color, size, varieties, different weights or densities and nothing. So then I put on a flashback pheasant tail and I said, I'm not changing my fly for the rest of the day unless I break it off. And we move up and down. The three of us are rotating in. Jason left last night. So now it's just Scott, Thomas, and myself. The weather's pretty awful. It's windy. It's cold. You can feel it getting colder. It's raining. It's very dark out. It's pretty good steelhead weather. I decided to take a walk upstream for a couple of minutes. I had found a whole bunch of strike indicators in a pile of flotsam earlier. And the water dropped. So I went up past there. I saw one fish hanging out in a deep hole with the sandy bottoms which stood out. Once I got close enough, it swam away. Then I walked back down, and we've got some sriracha jack cheese sitting out on a box of flies and some crackers, so I had a nibble of that. And then Scott offered to jump out. With the water level dropping, it seems like the fish are going to be closer to us now. There's a bend here in the river, so the water's going straight across that bend, but some of it's wrapping inwards. More, it's flowing across, but some is going down in front of us. So we are in the pocket of soft water, and we've seen fish swimming right by our feet. So I was fishing pretty much on shore. Maybe five casts in, I hook into a fish. And the adrenaline rush from such a simple thing as tying your own fly, pattern you've been working on for years, having the fish that you drove all this way and put all this effort in to eat that fly. Thomas got the net and I wasn't sure what it was, if it was a brown or a steelhead. And it came up a couple times and it was a perfect two-tone chromed up steelhead. After a short fight, we got it in the net. I'm wearing my Swedish Viking hat now. You can hear the, the pigtails. Maybe that had some mojo. It's Swedish flag colors. And uh, it's pretty funny. And maybe that helped me catch a fish. I soaked my gloves. And now I'm wearing a nice pair of wool fingertipless ones that my friend Helen got me for... I can't remember why she got me uh, the gloves. But they're a nice gift. They're warm and toasty. The other ones are wet in the car. Benefit of fishing here is the cars are really close. You can go back and grab something and come back down. My glasses get messy. I go in there, grab some paper towels, clean them, walk back. We still have about four hours left of fishing. We are going to go into town tonight to the diner. And Scott is hankering for a burger. And then I want to go to All Seasons and pick up some of this yellow crystal meth material that Melinda doesn't have. Maybe it's discontinued. I don't know. We're going to hang out tonight and have some more laughs. And I'm hoping I can do some network today for these guys. They're both cycling through their flies, playing with depth. Scott has an indicator on. We're in a good spot where you can swing or nymph. As long as this weather holds, um, I'm a little warmer now that I got these gloves on. The fleece ones were a little damp. And we're just going to keep going. 
I'm pretty stoked. My blood is still pumping through my veins, and I am very happy right now. I still have one more full day up here. If the fishing sucks tomorrow and the water doesn't drop a whole lot, maybe I'll leave tomorrow night, have all Wednesday to unpack and get my stuff ready for Ohio. And maybe some carp fishing in Ohio if it's warm enough, but it's supposed to drop about 40 degrees here tonight. But we're in a good spot. I had some hot ramen earlier, roasted beef flavor, which was much better than the other day. Thankfully, Thomas has a flask of Rock Creek bourbon from D.C., which is pretty darn good, I must say. And I'm going to go have myself a sip of that. We'll check in with y'all later. All right, Thomas, what's going on? Just sitting uh, at the lower, lower fly zone, swinging eggs, uh, hoping for a second steelhead of the day. Tell us about your first fish. Uh, so after a pretty slow morning, I'd been eyeing this spot for a while. The water levels dropped probably a foot since we got here and it opened it up and it's just between a bush and a tree uh the last sort of holding water before uh some rapids uh some swifter water so i dropped a uh rusher's steelhead nymph in there on my second or third cast what and what color did you go with uh it was chartreuse body pink head i believe and on my second cast i got a nice steelhead out of there and had my drag dialed down nice and tight this time and was able to hop over the bush and with the help of uh, Rob and Scott landed it, which is great because it's my first steelhead of the trip. How was your shore lunch? My shore lunch was quite tasty. We had uh, some homemade sourdough bread made into grilled cheese by Scott. Um, it was quite tasty. Had some coffee and whiskey as Lowell with it, which was quite nice. And uh, had a good breakfast of uh, dehydrated eggs. It's just like eating eggs at a hotel. Oh, all right. Well, Thomas just hooked himself in a tree, so. Ooh, I might have to retie a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go see. Uh, we're gonna go see Scott now. Check in on him. Hi, Mr. Stinkus. What's going on down here? It's cold. It's cold. It is. This yeah. is the kind of weather, at least this morning, where you want to stay in bed all day and only get out for grilled cheese and tomato soup. Well, it's, it's dropped about 20 degrees yeah. during, during the day. I mean, it was it was raining when we got up this morning, but it was 52 degrees. Now it's down around freezing, I think. How's the fishing going? Slow, real slow. I've, uh, I've only encountered two fish today and missed them both. What'd you hook them on? First one was on a purple stonefly. And the second one was on an orange crystal meth. But I think the second one was a foul one because I uh, found a couple of scales on the, on the hook point. I think right now there's just so much damn water in here. They're just spread out. It's, I mean, glad the water dropped since we've been here, but it drops Let's hope for tonight it'll drop. Yeah, that'd be great. And what are you hankering for this evening for dinner? Bacon, cheeseburger. Sounds pretty fantastic. Yeah. Grilled cheese is pretty good, though. Yep. How long have you been making your own sourdough? Uh, about three years, I think. It's pretty fantastic. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to swinging your fly. All righty. Looks like the crowd below you is... you got a seagull in between the guys now. Finned way out, and, and yeah, there's a bird showed up. How about that? All right. 
Keep that bird away from us. He's eating something. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not someone's... Did you already talk about all the uh, aquatic life you found? Yeah, we got a big old uh, crayfish today. Scott found a helgramite, a couple mayflies under the rocks. And then I found a whole pile of split shot in the gravel. That's not wildlife. Yeah, there's some critters in here. We're trying to match them. And there's eggs absolutely everywhere in the, in the rocks. But egg patterns are not working for us. Nope. All right. I'm going to go back to throwing some flies. Well, I'm tired. It is it's 4.30. I've been back here for about an hour at the lodge. I was just tired. Roll casting from... 7 a.m. to 3.30, 3 o'clock-ish, all day, very few breaks. It gets tiring. The weather, it takes a bit out of you. It was It's windy right now. That cold front is definitely moving in and just trying to maintain body warmth and casting all day took a lot out of me. The other guys are still there. I, I don't know. The fishing could be absolutely phenomenal right now. They haven't texted me, so I don't think it is. But I was ready for a hot shower. And it's one of the nice things, staying in a place like this versus car camping. Took a long, hot shower. And my back and shoulders feel better. I'm all layered up right now. The heat's cranking in the room, but it's, it's getting cold. And it's creeping in here. I organized my gear. I've got a towel laid out across Jason's bed. And I'm just trying to dry everything off from today's rainstorm. I've got my gear laid out for tomorrow. I'm going to add a down vest, probably a hoodie, and a thicker long sleeve base layer. As it's going to be 29 degrees when we get up in the morning. Definitely going to have to get all my gloves from today dried out. And what else is going on? I was looking for my black fleece hat all day. Tore this place apart. The car, everything. It was in the leg of one of my waiters. But those things just happened. Uh, Also, while we were fishing today, I decided to do a little homage to our late friend Greg Boyd. In 2007, he was sitting in the river with his butt underwater in a camp chair. So it was probably about two feet deep, and he hooked a steelhead. And there's video of it on YouTube, but I put my chair right up to mark, right on the edge of the waterline to mark it to see how much it was going up or down at the point in the afternoon. And Thomas starts taking a picture of me, and I hook a steelhead. And before I know it, because I'm sitting down and I'm looking at him, the fish popped off. But again, that was on the soft tackle, flashback, pheasant tail. I don't really need to tie flies for tomorrow, but I've kind of got the pheasant tail thing going. So maybe I'll crank out a couple more of those. Who knows if I'll get inspiration when we go to all seasons later. But I'm really looking forward to that big dinner. I need to refuel I need to turn that food into body heat tomorrow. We're going to just hang out here tonight after dinner. It's still odd with it getting so dark right now. And it was getting bright super early today. But that was nice. 
I don't know if we have to get up as early tomorrow, being the water's still high and it's going to be cold. I can't imagine there's going to be too many people here. There were very few people today. It was nice and quiet. Last year, I complained about people having conversations across the water and up and down, but it's much different this year. High waters kept the crowds away, and I like it. The problem is the fish are just too spread out, and we can't get to where we want. And then as the water goes up and down, sometimes by the hour, by the hour it changes. So the fish are going to be in different spots. You have to change the way you swing, the way you nymph, the way you maneuver your line, your stance, everything. But that's what keeps it interesting. The sound in here is going to be a little strange. I don't know if you can hear me or not. I'll explain why in a moment. So last night, we got back to the cabin, went to an early dinner at the diner, which was awesome. The food, homemade. I had meatloaf with gravy, homemade mashed potatoes, mac salad, big ice water, dinner roll. It was $8, and the food was incredible. It was exactly what I needed. After a long day of fishing, we went to All Seasons to get a couple materials and then headed back, tied some flies. We watched Young Guns 2, which was on TV, and went to bed fairly early. Packed up everything so we could just load it in the cars and come down here today. And Thomas also ordered a second dinner last night. That's how hungry he was. He got a steak and cheese with fries and the meatloaf to go. It's getting hot in here. I'll explain why in a moment. And then, oh yeah, we also went to the Colossal Cheese Shop. In all the years I've been coming up here, that place has been closed. It was open. So we went in. They had bricks of cheese that were $50. They had 40-year-old cheddar, 20-year-old cheddar. They had every kind of cheddar you can imagine. So I bought three bricks. I take those to Columbus next weekend to have with some charcuterie. And impress the in-laws with some New York cheese. So the plan was to get up at 5 this morning, come down, claim the spot that was below us yesterday. And we got here. I should say I got here, and there was only one other car. So I figured, sweet, I'll hold the spot. Thomas and Scott are right behind me. We'll fish the slower water. But a group of guys from Denver and a minivan showed up. And just like a clown car, there were seven of them. So I gave up the spot. And I'm sitting here now on the gravel bar that was foot and a half underwater yesterday. I have a down sleeping bag draped over me, zero degree bag, and it's nice and warm in here. It's not as cold out as it was supposed to be. And we're just waiting for sunrise. We figure the fish should be adjusted to the 2300 CFS since it dropped out of that last night. And we've got the flies that worked. I got some more pheasant tails. They tied up some more roosters, stoneflies. And we're going to fish till noon. They're going to take off. I'll probably stay here and hold this spot and fish for the rest of the evening. Might go back to the diner for dinner and then probably crash at Dirty Bills. Now, if the fishing sucks, I might just take off around 3 and get home late tonight and have all day tomorrow to pack for Ohio and unpack and put away all this. My tying gear was all organized coming up, and now it is not. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. 
While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I'm super bundled up today because it's a little chillier. We got lucky. It was supposed to be 29. It's really about 37. But I've got no gloves on right now, and uh, I'm going to take a nap inside of here. Got my 800 filled down vest on, so it's super comfortable. The Sitka gear jacket was awesome in the rain yesterday. And Thomas has video of me hooking a fish in a chair. So we will get that posted online. It's 325 on Tuesday, Election Day. The sun rose an hour earlier than normal, being that a daylight saving started. So I got out from under the sleeping bag and watched Thomas and Scott fish for a little bit. The Colorado guys were hooking up immediately. At one point, they even had a double hookup. And we started swinging and infant our flies through the same waters yesterday. I mean, it was slow going. I stopped to make some instant udon noodles and soup to warm myself up because it was much colder today than it had been the last several days. It was supposed to be 29 when we woke up, but luckily it was in the upper 30s. So we escaped having bitter cold for this morning. At some point, I switched over to a chartreuse San Juan worm and got two hookups. Of course, those didn't last very long because some of the fish don't really bite aggressively and you're not sure whether you're hung up on the bottom, which is common on every couple of casts, versus is your hook in a fish's mouth. By the time you realize it, it's too late to set the hook. The fish pops off and throws the hook. And we fished there for another hour or so, and I don't think either Thomas or Scott hooked into fish. And after a couple hours, we started noticing the water was dropping a lot. And as the water was dropping, the current was also changing, and we weren't able to swing flies the same way we had been the day before. The current now was slower. We weren't in the slack water and the, the hydraulics just weren't in our favor. The water was dropping, so we decided to move to a different spot upriver. We packed everything up. We'd been fishing next to the cars all morning, so basically threw everything into the cars, grabbed just uh, our gear packs, and we moved upstream. So we get upstream, and in the time that it took us to decide to go up there, pack and walk, the Colorado guys had already gotten to where we wanted to go. I don't know how, but they had the same thoughts as we, that the water was dropping, opening up more spots, and it was changing where we'd been fishing all morning. We get up there, and the water's still deep, dark, and cold, and we're in the shade. It's overcast anyway, so the shade didn't really matter. We get in, and the water is up to the chest pockets on our waders. The Colorado group was hooking up. They were getting steelhead left and right. 
and it wasn't too long that I get a tug on whatever fly I was using. I think it was the, maybe a pheasant tail. I think I changed over to pheasant tail. So then I cast and we're up against the shore and we're fairly far back. So the two handed rod definitely was uh, a bonus. It, It allowing me to cast with ease, long distances with minimal effort. I get into a steelhead within just a couple of minutes of being down there and the fish was massive and it flips and flops and it runs downstream and I'm fighting it. I think Thomas is filming the whole of it. I noticed that it's headed towards a tree that had fallen down in the massive water that had been in the last couple of days. So the fish gets into the tree, jumps, throws my hook. It's over. We're fishing for, I don't know how much longer. And again, I've got on the pheasant tails I tied up last night. They're a little bit larger than I normally tie. The tail's longer. I put a little bit thicker of a thorax on and it's got larger and longer soft hackle. Just a really buggy looking fly. And right on the inside of the seam of the fast water, With the riffles above, I hook into a steelhead. And immediately I get this tunnel vision where I don't see anything else going on except the bend in my rod and where this fish is going up and down and how I need to fight the fish. Complete adrenaline rush. Don't notice that my legs and feet are numb, that I'm cold. After, I don't know, a couple of seconds, maybe 30 seconds, I finally get the fish to the net. Thomas lands it. It's the biggest steelhead I've landed probably in about four years. It was an absolute beauty. We pop the fly out, take some pictures, get it back in. And I'm starting to notice that my reel has got a ding in it somewhere. And when I'm trying to fight a fish on the reel, it's grinding against the arbor. So I'm going to have to look into some new reels. In the meantime, well, I can get this one repaired if possible. Scott comes up. He and Thomas are both fishing while I'm hanging out in the back, enjoying my adrenaline rush. And the three of us just switch in and out if somebody snags or gets hung up or breaks off. One of us steps in and the three of us just rotate. There's not a whole lot of space. Again, the water is super deep. If we can see anything we see that there's one tree in the water in front of us the group ahead of us uh, upriver the colorado guys they're even having trouble one of them at one point was pockets deep on his wading jacket and we're fishing here for i don't i don't know how many hours because all of our watches are buried and the phones are away And I'm sitting there nibbling on sunflower seeds, watching the other guys, and I'm switching in and out. I do sucker spawn, jumbo john, pheasant tail, put on a chartreuse worm, no love. And I figure, why not? I'm going to put on an intruder fly, see what happens. So I go through my Ziploc bag of intruder flies. Thomas, thank you for the Ziploc bag. I put on a hook, and I'm definitely switching over to back to Truder wire versus 
using Firewire. It's just easier and smoother. You get fewer hangups. And I'm swinging this fly through the current, up and down, playing with the depth, with weight. I get a kind of a tap, 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 tug, 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 where it felt like a fish had picked it, kind of shook its head, nibbled it just to feel what it was in its mouth. And all of a sudden, I go from being freezing cold to, ooh, I'm, I'm awake again. That little bit of adrenaline got me going. I think Scott is up on the hill behind us or, or downriver, and Thomas is to my right. About four casts later, I'm swinging, and all of a sudden, just whoop. Something picks up that intruder and grabs it. And it's a definite different take with the intruder versus swinging a nymph. And this fish is strong and it's jumping, it's running upriver, it's running downriver. I've got my rod parallel to the water, it's bent in half. I've got my right hand on the top grip of the switch rod, just letting the fish fight the base of the rod and getting it on the reel and uh, maybe one or two tries with the net we finally get it can this water so dark black you can't see where the fish are you can't even see your feet in this water we net it and it's another big old hen absolutely beautiful rosy pink shoulders with a little bit of green and black speckles with a silvery pink belly just absolutely stunning fish and we take some pictures and release that fish back to the upside down the guys up above took a break to rest their fish which was odd because these fish are moving up and down what's in there one minute is not there the next not sure why they decided to rest the fish they were funny guys they had a giant grumpy cat mask that they were switching in and out of who was going to wear it. And that made us laugh. They've got that on. I'm wearing my ridiculous hat with horns and pigtails on it. And by now it's 11.30-ish. It's run out of time. Scott and Thomas haven't landed a fish. I step back. You know, I'm going to be there all day Wednesday, or at least half the day. We're switching in and out, trying to get them on fish. Nothing happens. They finally call it around 12.30ish. So we pack up. We head back down to the cars. And I'm debating, what do I want to do now? These guys are headed back. I'm cold. I'm exhausted. Haven't been on my phone since last night, so I don't know what's going on. I decide, you know what? Maybe I'm going to go over to the lodge, sit by the fireplace figure out what I'm going to do, where I'm going to fish before I head to Dirty Bills for the night. And I get over there and just, I'm tired. I just don't want to get out of the car and undress and go sit inside to use the Wi-Fi and check everything. I'm pretty sure at this point that I just want to go home. I've got a whole nother day where I can fish, but... I'm tired. I haven't really gotten a good night's sleep in several nights. I'm worn out. I've been fishing sunrise to late afternoon four days in a row. And I decide I'm going to go to town, maybe get some lunch, think about going home or staying while I drive there, maybe find a spot to eat in town, make my decision. 
finally get some cell service, talk to the wife a bit, tell her I'm thinking about coming home, check the water levels, and it's dropping fast. It's going from 2200 CFS down to 1600, which means places opening up to fish that I couldn't before. I'm really jonesing to go find another spot to fish. But then the exhaustion starts setting in, the fact that I've got to get to Columbus, Ohio on Thursday. I've got a car full of wet gear, smelly gear. I got to do laundry. And the little devil on my shoulder is starting to tell me to bag it and go home. The little angel on my shoulder is, no, no, you want a steelhead fish? The water's dropping. And I'm thinking, well, who's going to net my fish if I land them? The water's still kind of high. The fish have been much bigger than recent years. Is that my biggest issue that if I'm going to stay, I, I don't have someone to net my fish? And the little angel's like, oh, come on. You've got these nice big pheasant tail nymphs. The fish like them. The water's dropping. And then you hear, you're exhausted. You're tired. Your hands are cold and they hurt. You're sleepy. Your back hurts. Ohio, dirty laundry, cold weather. And I decide I'm going to go home. So I pull up to the gas station, top off my tank. And this all was just within a couple of miles between Altmar and Pulaski. Fill up the tank. I go to the grocery store just to get some of the dinosaur barbecue sauce I can't get back home. And I got some pumpkin spice whoopie pies again for the kid. I'm sure the wife is going to eat those too. And I undress and just put on my work pants, take off all my layers and get the car packed up, ready to drive home. And I go to Arby's. Jason wanted to get the fried turkey sandwich. And I said, that sounds pretty damn good. I did. I got that with some jalapeno poppers and some fries. I figured I really wanted to go to Dinosaur Barbecue, but I don't want to get off the interstate. just want to make this a quick drive home. And as I'm getting ready to pull on 81, I get a text from Dirty Bill saying, hey, I've got food in the crock pot for dinner. Do you want to fish around 5 o'clock? And I texted him that I was debating about leaving. And now I'm like, I am so sorry I have to st- you know, stand you up tonight, dude. I'm just beat. I got to get to Ohio. I'm so sorry, but I'm, I'm taking off. And the reception was so bad up there that I hadn't realized I'd gotten text from him and a voicemail that morning saying the food was going to be ready for dinner, but um, I'm just exhausted. So I get on the road. I do about 40 to 50 miles, and my eyes are just closing on me. I am exhausted. If I were to stay another night, I know that I would be even more exhausted on the drive home. So now it's... It's getting cold. Noticing that the roads have got the freeze uh, pre-treatment on them. So there's some bad weather coming. Maybe it is a good idea to get out of town. Then I pass uh, Cortland. And my eyes, I can't keep them open. So I pull over and pull into some Italian family restaurant parking lot. Pull my sleeping bag over from the back seat, put it on the passenger seat, and I crash. I close my eyes. The next thing I know, I open them, and it's 40 minutes later. And didn't dream. I was just out 
hard, cold, sleeping. And it just shows how tired I really am. And the whole way back now, and I'm about to cross into Pennsylvania right now, I'm second-guessing whether I should have left. How often do I get a, a day off to go steelhead fishing? A free day where the kid is taken care of, the house, everything is, is dealt with back home, and I'm up here on the Salmon River. But then again, I've got a way in that I'm tired, my body hurts, I haven't slept, I've had one really solid meal since I got here, which was the meatloaf and mashed potatoes last night. That was awesome. And then I've got to do all the laundry, unpack, get my stuff together, get a suit ready, repack my clothes, and then get the wife, the kid, the dog into the car, the other car, and get to Columbus, Ohio by early afternoon Thursday. So I'm totally sorry, Dirty Bill. I feel like a jerk for having left you, but I think in the long run... I made the right decision. The water is going to be awesome by tomorrow, but you know, maybe I just don't want to get greedy with the fish. I landed four steelhead up here. I had a great time. I think looking back, I made the right decision. I'm about to drive through a snowstorm, massive thunderstorms, rainstorms. The weather looks pretty heinous, but uh, the radio is going to be on, and I'm going to be listening to the news because it's. Yes, there's a hazard. There's construction on the road. It's obvious, Siri. I got ways on. Um, it was a good trip. It was uh, probably one of the best steelhead trips in three to four years. It beat out last year. And I'm glad we all got to go. Got to fish the tributaries, which I've never fished as much. I think one of the most fun parts of the trip was just hanging out, waiting for fish to come over that little waterfall. Can't believe Thomas ate a dinner after his dinner last night. Scott is still fishing that eight-piece rod. Some things just never change. It was good to hang out with Jason. I don't get to see him as often as I'd like. Managed not to spend hundreds of dollars on tying material. Didn't buy a new rod or reel. I need a new reel. But I got to get back home. Got things to do. I think this is the end of the podcast. So thanks for listening to... SRNY 2017. Of course, if I think of anything else, I'll pick up the DAT and I'll record later. That summarizes today, the whole trip. The water was a big nuisance, but we dealt with it. We dealt with it lowering. And thank you to all the people that lost strike indicators. I found all of your strike indicators in the piles of flotsam this weekend. I got plenty of new indicators to guide with. This steelheading podcast has been brought to you by Speedwell Law. Are you a resident of Virginia and thinking about retiring in the next five years? Do you have your will in order? Speedwell Law offers flat rate estate planning packages that include the most important documents to ensure you and your family receive the care and support you need from people you love and trust. Call Misha Gill with Speedwell Law at 703 703- five five three two five seven seven to get started if you're a federal employee give speedwell law a call to book your consultation in december and receive one hundred dollars off speedwelllaw.com 
Now I want to get into the postmortem of the trip. I put these in alphabetical order as I had been writing them down on road trips, grocery stores, etc. after the trip. I'm using the same flies I've been using for years, just tweaking them a bit, but I've got a pretty standard set of flies I like. Thomas has the flies he likes, and Scott has the flies he likes. Everyone on this river that we're fishing has a different preference for fly color, size, and style. And you know this because you're finding discarded hooks and flies and snags and stuff in the trees and on the ground and in the parking lots. Everything's different. So how much of your pattern really makes a difference versus it being in the right place at the right time? Never used my DSLR. The weather was just pretty lousy, so I didn't take that out. The hot meal on the shore is just one of the great things that you can do. I love having hot noodley soup on the water, except when it's that nasty one that looked like tapeworms. On the way back on 81, there was some knob driving behind me and I couldn't shake this person. They had their brights on or halogens that were absolutely blinding me. I don't often drive with my rear view mirror set to night mode. Every time they were behind me on the right side, I would turn my right side rear view mirror out so it reflected back in their eyes and I would blind this person back. And like I said, I could not shake them. I would speed up to get away from them. They'd show up. I'd slow down. They would slow down. I don't know what their deal was, but this went on from Gettysburg all the way down I-70 for you locals. For probably about two hours, this knob would not leave me alone. Should have gotten their license plate number, but that weather was too horrendous to be writing anything down. I love the quiet of the river. There was not a big crowd this year. And for that reason, there wasn't the shouting going on up and down. You could really just have time to listen to the water with your thoughts and just escape everything. And the opposite banks, for the most part, were 99% empty. So we had pretty much our spots to ourselves, and they were quiet. The only noise was the Colorado guys, and that's cool. For mending your line out there, definitely you're going to need a longer rod with a fat head on it. For mending, it's just less work. I switched back and forth between 9 and 11 foot rods, and the ease of steelhead fishing with swinging nymphs, the style we do on the Great Lakes, so much easier if you update your gear. No brown trout this year. Haven't seen a big one in several years. Looking at pictures now, it's going into Thanksgiving. Dirty Bill's getting some big browns. Uh, Other people in TPFR have been getting some big browns, especially Evan. Evan D. hooked into some really nice ones in the last couple of weeks. I enjoyed not having to get up at the butt crack of dawn. It seems each year there's less and less of that. Maybe that's because I hang out with a different crowd. Maybe it's because it's not required. I don't know, but I enjoyed getting some sleep. Guys, sorry about the snoring. I forgot to bring you earplugs. No mud sharks, foul hooked or legit hooked this year. There were a couple swimming by. We saw one coho hooked upstream. That was it. Other than just some moldy fish and a couple fresh ones here and there. Usually we get a couple late season moldy nasty salmon. None this year and I'm okay with that. Didn't snag a single fish which was awesome. 
I definitely prefer the not integrated Skagit heads where the running line goes straight to the head. I don't like that hinge on there. Just my preference. I used the line this year that had the one piece, whereas Thomas was using the integrated head. Found that smaller intruders work better, so I'm ordering smaller intruder shanks for next time I go up there. The I don't know what size they were, 30-something millimeters, 31, 51. Those were a little large. Whatever the larger ones I was using from OPST were just not getting fish. It was the smaller size shanks that worked. The way home, it dumped after I took my nap and I got up. Once I got into Pennsylvania, it was snowing heavy, wet snow. I couldn't see road signs. When the sign says left lane ends in 1,000 feet, all of a sudden you had a truck on your shoulder and you didn't know why. It's because the signs were all covered up. It was dark out, so you couldn't read anything. And once the snow turned to rain, it was even worse because you couldn't see the lines. You couldn't really see the cars around you. It was was white knuckle driving. The weather was so horrendous, I didn't know I drove over the Cabin John or the American Legion Bridge. One of the two bridges into Virginia, all of a sudden I start seeing signs for GW Parkway. Had no idea I crossed into the bridge, over the bridge into Virginia. That's how bad the weather was. Steph's Diner was probably one of the best home-cooked meals I've had in a long time. If you've been listening to the podcast for years, the last one, last really good home-cooked meal after fishing was after bull trout in Idaho. The cold water definitely sucks the life out of you. Just the energy maintained to keep your body temperature at 98.6 plus the wind, just exhausting. I was sick when I got back. I'm glad I came back a day early. I had a drink NyQuil and just stay in bed most of that Wednesday before we went to Ohio. Definitely had to play around with your split shot. Didn't use my sinking head that I built, but went with the split shot. Uh, water levels, again, were the biggest issues. Whether they were going up, they were going down. Right now, they're about 500. It was pretty bad up there. It was expected. We could have gone to Erie, but like I said, we made the right choice. Uh, I need some new reels. So I've been asking people online what brands you suggest. So if you have a suggestion, leave it in the comments section on any of the uh, ways you listen to this podcast. And the thing that amazes me most about steelhead fishing is you're just casting, casting, doing the same thing over and over again. And then that fish hits and it goes from zero to chaos in one heartbeat. And for those couple of minutes... The only focus I have is on one thing, fighting and landing that fish. All the other worries in life, North Korea, global warming, I've got holes in my shoes, I'm cold, what's going on, everything goes away. I have the most tunnel of tunnel visions in that short moment. And if you watch Thomas's video, you're going to see me with this bright smile after I land the first one. And to me, that captures the entire trip the entire trip for me was in that little bitty smile so thanks for downloading and listening to this podcast we've got a couple interesting ones coming up in december so stay tuned and i hope to see you at the upcoming show season in january 
Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Stand presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.